1: Hey, we're the Brothers on Law, and I'm Larry Mandel. I'm Rob Mandel. And a big shout-out to Debbie, the mortgage mom. Hey, Debbie. We're Rob. so glad we uh, we follow you, yeah. Hey, well, so you're going to talk about something right now. I am? With How did our... you know? Do you have ESP or something? No, because you talk a lot. <laughs> but anyway, we're going to yeah. talk about our clients and what they have to go through. And, well, you know, <laughs> what they have to go through is um, not just the injury, not just the... Um, the things that they have to deal with in terms of pain and and getting back on their feet and making sure they can you know hopefully get back to work and all that kind of worry, but they also have to deal with the system, the legal system, and it can be very daunting and it can be so, uh, it just adds so much more stress to the equation and and aggravate the situation that they're going through. Well, it's an adversarial you know scenario it's an adversarial scenario thank that you area. Robert. yes indeed but, that's but what in, it is it's an adversarial and it, scenario but in that and, in that context so the other side gets to have their doctor look at our client and that doctor is not always very objective yeah they really get to run you through the ringer yeah, and that one—that process, which they call "quote unquote" an independent medical exam, which we don't call that. Well, it's not independent. It's like you said, it's an adversarial proceeding, and it's a means, generally speaking, for the other side to uh, try and poke holes in the person's claim in in the extent of their injury or uh, things like that. So, and what they, happens? Go um, ahead, Rob. Well, that, that, that was it. You know, I mean, it's a, it's a, a, a tough situation to yeah. be in because, you know, you're hurting, you're, you know, you, and, and all of a sudden you're seeing some doctor who is not your friend, who's not there to help you out. He's actually there to hurt you in many ways. Right. He or she.
0: And, so, that, um, so what
1: they do is they make a demand for our client to go see the doctor and the client has to appear. And But what do we do in order to protect our client? Well, uh, what we do, what, what we've always done is send uh, a professional, uh, usually a nurse professional who understands the, uh, what's going on medically, but also understands how these uh, physicians can try and bend the truth and uh, do things uh, unfairly. Uh, kind of spin the thing unfairly against uh, your, the client. And they're there to kind of oversee the situation for us because we, we're legally entitled to be there. But right. uh, that can make it look a little weird. You know, the lawyer was there, you know. Uh, but also because, um, you know, we we may not understand the subtleties of the medicine or the exam that's going on uh, with the client right then. so the nurse... Uh, professional is that person yeah i mean they could comment at trial oh your lawyer was there but like you said it's more important that we have somebody there that knows the medicine and can protect our client and prevent the doctor from doing certain tests like that or invasive tests because that's a no-no right, All right so that leads us to our special guest today ava a who is Ava a, Tedgi, a right? Yeah, right? Did I pronounce that correctly? You <laughs> did. And Ava is a registered nurse that we've used on many occasions to go and attend these exams, these defense medical exams, as we call them. So welcome, okay. Ava. Thank you, Hello, Ava. nice to have you here.
0: Hi, Rob. <laughs> hey, can you so, give us,
1: Ava, can you give us a little background of what you, you know, your background in nursing?
0: Sure. So, I've been a nurse now for, oh, it looks like 26 years, and I spent the first 18 years working in the hospital setting. Uh, I was on an orthopedic floor, so that was very helpful, um, and I did other types of nursing in the hospital setting. But f- since 2007, I have been a legal nurse consultant, and um, the RN who works with the attorneys, the role shifts when you're a legal nurse consultant, you are now really the educator for the attorneys on different aspects of healthcare or medicine, depending in what capacity you're working with them.
1: Yeah, that's good. Yeah, and, and um, so you know, in your you just kind of did our little segue for us. Um, you know, when you're working with a lawyer and and a client, what is what are you doing basically?
0: Well. In this role, in the defense medical exams, or if you want to call them defense physical exams even, the nurse is an observer. She's there to be the eyes and the ears for the attorney. Also, it's a big support to the client who's... Um, What I've found is, you know, their life has been turned upside down with pain, limitations, you know, the crisis of having been injured. And like you said, they have to go to this doctor. He's the doctor from the other side, and that's very daunting for them. So first you have this person feeling supported that there's someone there on behalf of the attorneys. And that someone being an RN who knows what they're looking at in the medical exam, It's a
1: check and balance because the doctors I've seen if a nurse doesn't go there in other scenario, other cases where maybe it was a different law firm and we took over the case or something, the doctor will try to get a history and go into a lot of detail. And the client's already most likely given a deposition and given all the details. So the doctor almost tries to make it like a second deposition. And that is unfair. Right? Right. And so what do you do in that context?
0: Well, depending on which law firm I'm working with, usually there's a response to the demand, and that's where those objections or parameters of what can be asked or done are laid out. So my approach and the nurses who work with me are really to not be confrontational, but just to be the deliverer of the message, oh, I'm sorry, doctor. His attorneys are not allowing details about the mechanism of injury today you're going to have to refer to the records that way you don't get someone having a tantrum that you've interrupted their exam you know like i wish i could help you out but here are the parameters right Right. i mean the client is really uh, there
1: just to be examined right it's not to give a whole history the the whole reason they're asking those kinds of questions is to try and trip somebody up. Exactly. And they're Rob. acting as an advocate instead of an objective examiner, and they keep getting hired over and over and over again uh, because they, they can count on them finding something. There's always something. Oh, you know, he didn't need that test. Oh, he didn't need that, uh, that uh, procedure. We're Larry and Rob Mandel, the Brothers in Law, here on Go Country 105. Do you have a legal issue you need help with? We want to hear from you. Find us on Instagram and send us a message. Then tune in on Saturdays at 8 a.m. right here on Go Country 105. Hey, if you missed any part of this show or you just want to hear it again, go to brothersonlaw.com for all of our previous shows and all things Brothers on Law. Uh, Ava, Ava, how, how long have you been doing this?
0: Uh, I've been doing this since 2007, so so 13 good years. 13 years. Yeah.
1: And so I, I take it over that time, you've had a chance to kind of get a feel of which doctors are going to be relatively objective and which ones are just hired guns.
0: Correct. Yeah. The frequent flyers.
1: The frequent flyers. Are we right? going to say their names? No. not kidding. We're not going to have anybody on our radio show, <laughs> no, but, but we all know who joke. they are, I yeah. think. But so so going in, you know, do you have a different approach for... Uh, the ones that you know are are likely to be spinning things and bending the truth?
0: Actually, Rob, no. The way I approach and my nurses approach each exam is like this. Any doctor has the opportunity to conduct a sincere inquiry and to do the tests correctly, not light-handedly, not to omit certain tests Mm -hmm. or certain portions of the body. And we just write down what they're doing in, high, in great detail, of course. Right. So, for example, if you have someone during the interview that is saying, I've got this severe low back pain and it shoots into my buttocks and back of my leg. And then I've got this numbness on the top of my foot. And when someone points, I'm writing down. pointing to the left lateral lower leg. And then it comes to the physical exam And the doctor doesn't do sensation testing on the top of that foot, where he was already told there's numbness there. Mm. Or the doctor doesn't perform a straight leg raise, which is a way of pulling the nerve root along and provoking those symptoms of radiculopathy.
1: So you're there to actually make that observation and record it. Correct. And have you ever gone to court and testified as to, you know, the doctor said this? I was was there and it didn't happen that way. (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) I have gone
0: as a percipient witness a few times to court, yeah. Yeah, we've done that.
1: On the flip side of the equation, I've, I've been doing this 30 years. I think there's maybe two or three times where I've seen a doctor be extraordinarily objective and just say, yeah, you know, Sorry, sorry, guys. Sorry, State Farm or whatever. Insurance is on the other side. This is the real deal. And, and. Doesn't happen you know, that often, though. No. Right? Usually it's in those settings where it's kind of undeniable, where it's really, yeah. you know, just. There's so just bad. Now, like a broken arm yeah. or something. What they but even think, then, some know? the bad guys will still find something, you know. Yeah. Oh, well, yeah, I mean, you know, they. They're really messed up and for life, but they will, They don't need this procedure and that procedure, or they don't need 24-hour care, whatever. And yeah, you've attended uh, all, all different kinds of injury cases, right? Correct. From brain injury to orthopedic injuries.
0: Maxillofacial, neuropsychological, neurology, um, ophthalmology, neuro-ophthalmology, any kind of exam where... Uh, plastic surgery, that's another one.
1: So now you're not an ophthalmologist or a plastic surgeon. So how do you, as a nurse, prepare yourself for those kinds of exams where there's you know high high degree of specialty
0: involved? You go in, and as much as you can see the results of the testing, you have to be a good scriber, you know, writing it down. There are certain parts of visual acuity tests where you're sitting there and you can see the chart, you know, the Snellen chart and the letters and the numbers and the person is reciting what they see and I'm writing it down and then I'm writing down what is correctly there and other parts of those uh, exams, like in an ophthalmologist office, they'll have all kinds of high tech machinery. And the most you could do there when someone's looking into a machine is to notate the type of machine it is and what they're testing, whether it's a visual field test or the doctor's looking at the back of the retina. You can't always get the results on every test. Yeah. What's you- been
1: the most outrageous situation where you've encountered with a doctor not being equitable?
0: Oh, let me think she has
1: to think there's so many of them <laughs> yeah
0: wow <laughs> I
1: know we're, we're sounding like we're very you know being anti-doctor right now but we're really we not. not we love doctors yeah. well, and we respect a lot of these guys uh, and, and women who are on the other side and, and trying to do their job but you know when you got a, a, a someone who's going through a lot of pain and suffering and, and you know stress you know and they got to go through this exam process, and it's not being done fairly and objectively. Then it's so frustrating. We got to protect them. Exactly. So, did you think of uh, an outrageous situation? Or right.
0: yeah, I have. So, there's a doctor that I've seen do this a couple times. Let's say it's an arm injury. So the person is talking about the symptoms of their arms and the continued pain and problems they have. And when the doctor, this particular doctor does the exam, he does strength and sensation testing to the lower extremities, but not the upper extremities where the injury is. Then I've gone in another time and the injury was to the leg, maybe a knee or something or an ankle. And then he does sensation and strength testing only to the arms, And not the legs.
1: So he's reporting, oh, she's, he or she's... The strength is normal.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Right. So very important as part of this discovery process, along with getting my detailed report and audio, is either the attorney comparing that to the defense examiner's report when it becomes available, or even sending it to me so I can do that analysis. Because I also like to put in these reports what I call omissions, the tests that were not done. And I'm not necessarily trying to go toe-to-toe with an orthopedic surgeon and giving an opinion that you should have done the cervical compression test or you should have done this and that. i just like to list those commonly seen tests in an exam so that you can use it as a check form when you're looking at the defense report and if it says... Babinski's, you know, plantar reflex, ankle jerk for clonus, you know, Hoffman sign, all negative. And you look at my list and those were omitted. They weren't done. Yeah. Yeah. Right. They're just ticking the boxes. So that's kind of a check and balance for that.
1: Let the scales of justice tip in your favor. When someone is they're in a lawsuit, they've had the accident, they've had the injury, car crash, whatever it is. And now they're in this lawsuit and now the, the lawsuit has progressed to the point where the other side's doctor gets to take a look at them. Why is it important to uh, make sure they don't do certain kinds of testing? Because, you know, we can't, we want to be fair. Right. But why are we saying we're drawing the line at certain kinds of testing like X-rays? Because X-ray, I mean, it's not technically invasive. I guess you're getting radiation. Right. But why Why is that important? You know, the legislature apparently felt it was important. I think it's important because it. I, I don't know how objective it can be um, when they're doing that invasive test. But also we've you know, only No, that's pretty objective. I mean, an X-ray is an X-ray. I guess so. But... Uh, on the oh, yeah. other hand, we've had you know already the client's already been uh, have has had X rays and has submitted to radiation. Why should they submit tomorrow when those films are available? I well, mean, that, that would be that, one point. I mean, no, that 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 is the point. I think you know, but okay, but, but something like a uh, a blood test, right, or um, you know anything else where a needle might go in, you know, why is it important that we don't know. disallow the, that? Why do you think? Oh, I was asking you. Well, I don't... A blood test? I I'm have not no sure. idea. No, no, I'm what think, no, What do you think, Ava? What do you think, for instance, as Rob brought up a blood test, why are they precluded from doing that?
0: Because he's there as the expert to evaluate. He has all the records related to the injury, and your client shouldn't unduly be put through losing blood or suffering by some kind of invasive procedure when all the data is already there.
1: Now here's another point. It's Rob. an
0: ethical point. If they're yeah. not going really to treat, then they shouldn't be dating. the point.
1: Rob. It, it, okay, Wait, go let me ahead. Just say this because I think he I is have not, the answer. But he is not the the doctor for our client. He has no obligation to treat that person or give a diagnosis. Correct? Beyond that, he has no legal duty to this person whatsoever no fiduciary duty can't be sued if he does something wrong right so if Or tells him to do something wrong can't get you know you have no doctor patient relationship exactly so to allow invasive procedures under that kind of setting would be highly um, unethical and unfair somebody is already going through trauma why do you want and it's already traumatic to, to have them see some doctor that they know is an adversary and not a friend and now you're going to make them do something painful yeah. and invasive? No. But I've also had clients report to me, you know, when the doctor moved my knee, he did it in a very aggressive way. You're there watching that, right? Right. And that's that's just uncalled for. Have you seen that happen? Uh,
0: maybe not a knee, but people that are extremely sensitive With the back, they may have other issues, and even asking them to lay on the table on their back is very painful. In my experience, I see the opposite. I see these doctors being very light handed, and I think that's twofold. Number one, they don't have the doctor patient relationship, and they don't want to hurt somebody in the role that they are working for the insurance company. And secondly, a light-handed exam doesn't evoke responses. I see. So, so they'll not, get a false negative.
1: Negative. Right. Right. So right. when you say light-handed, when they we call it when they palpate or they touch the person, they don't touch them very hard, right. so it's they like don't they're elicit any going,
0: pain. Does this bother you? And they're just like they're playing the piano really lightly. And I've actually had clients say, you know, very innocently out loud for the audio for everyone, "Well, you're barely touching me, doctor. I guess if you did it and."
1: Good for them, though.
0: So, you know, they're just very innocently answering. So, again, we're there. The doctor has every opportunity to do a sincere exam, and I feel there are those who do and those who don't. It's going to be noted, recorded, maybe even commented on by the client.
1: Yeah. She's an essential part of our cases. She's an essential part of our cases, I would agree. (laughs) Thank you, Robert. Stay connected with us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and of course, brothersonlaw.com. Hey, if you missed any part of this show or you just want to hear it again, go to brothersonlaw.com for all of our previous shows and all things Brothers on Law. We were talking about things that stood out in your mind. Can you give us anything where you just, you know, it was just a crazy ride? In one of these exams for you?
0: Well, I mean, I don't know that people would learn from it. I remember going, one of my very first cases, uh, an elderly doctor, and uh, the lady, she was a very intelligent lady, the one who was the injured plaintiff, and he didn't have a good bedside manner with her, and she didn't have a little lot of tolerance with him either. She was Doing some eye rolling, and he asked her to stand up on her toes, and she went up on her toes and and hovered really high. She had been an ex like professional ballerina Mm. with the Joffrey Ballet, and he started yelling down, down, and yelling at her to go back down. (laughs) and Then he got very, he he had like a tantrum, and he. Called his office manager on the phone and he stormed out of the room and then he came back and he said, you, come with me. To you? To me. And yeah. I said, okay. So I grabbed my audio recorder in my hand and walked down the hall and the office manager met us and he was just so upset. I mean, he couldn't really put it in words because she wasn't doing anything other than she didn't feel a lot of respect from the way the bedside manner was. And... um office manager was patting him on the back saying oh doctor would you like to cancel the exam we could do this another time oh, if it's boy. too much oh. and he said no no let's go back in there you, you you've you been very professional but oh, if she just oh and he couldn't even put it in words and
1: so I, he thought he, she was mocking him by going up on her toes the way yeah, she I, was. Don't. She knew how to do
0: Yeah. so oh, anyhow that's, that's it happened. a bad read on he, his part you think he would
1: have been happy because obviously if she's up on her toes then she could, you know, had a lot of function left. All right, so we're going to now play a quick little game. We're going to switch gears here. And it's a true or false, and we do this usually each week. Here's a law that may or may not be true, and we're going to ask Ava to weigh in on this too. What do you think? In South Carolina, it's unlawful for a tattoo artist to tattoo any part of the head, face, or neck of another person. Well, I think in South Carolina, I, I don't like seeing tattoos on the head, neck, or face of anybody personally. It just kind of looks a little weird to me. Yeah, Michael but, Tyson likes it, though, but, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> but maybe in South Carolina, they can. I can't imagine that it they could enforce a law like that. But I'm going to say it's true. What do you think, Ava?
0: I'm going to say it's true as well. I'm going to go
1: false. And it's true! Producer Cam <laughs> says it's true. Yeah. Well... You know, I guess those tattoo artists in South Carolina just better stay stay below, stay below the, below the neck. neck. Yeah, but um, yeah,
0: South Carolina uh, is playing parent to these people. They will, they will thank the state later when they grow up.
1: That's yeah. true. But yeah. you know, <laughs> I, I can't imagine how you enforce that. Yeah, because you, know. you said, well, I went, to, I went to North Carolina, had it done, and now I'm back here. Well, you know? I mean, it, I, I think it's unconstitutional. Uh I I don't want to get into a deep discussion about that, but I would think the First Amendment uh, precludes a law like that. Hey, if you missed any part of this show, or you just want to hear it again, go to brothersonlaw.com for all of our previous shows and all things Brothers on Law. So we have a new segment we want to introduce. Each week, Rob and I will alternate and discuss a case that we want to share, whether good or bad. I'm going to be gracious, at least this day, to my as the older brother and let my younger brother take the first swing. So here it is. It's called the Rob Report. All right. And with apologies to the actual Rob Report. But, you know, it's funny. The Rob Report is what my wife calls me. That's her nickname for me. So, all right. So here's, here's my uh, first Rob Report. And that is that some years ago I had a case where <clears throat> someone had... Disabled a big giant gate where this uh, gentleman worked. It was like the uh, common area for this big industrial park. And he goes to close the gate and the thing just falls over. And he manages to, you know, uh, back out of the way of this gate so it doesn't hit any part of him except his instep on the top of his foot. It was about a four, three, four hundred pound gate and it lands on his instep, kind of bruises it. And it's kind of it's very painful at the time, but didn't break anything. So he thinks, you know, this is not going to be a big deal. Gets a little bit of treatment, little, you know, goes to the doctor a few times. But then it just keeps getting worse and worse. The pain and the bruise that he originally had never goes away. And months and months go by and the doctors kind of missed the boat a little bit they may have been able to stop the thing by shooting in some steroids but regardless the thing turns into what's called reflex sympathetic dystrophy or some people call it complex regional pain syndrome crps yeah but this was the real deal there's a lot of controversy over that particular diagnosis but the this, it was just a weird reaction that his body had to this uh, trauma. And you got him a recovery. Well, yeah, I did get him a, a big recovery. You know, it was millions uh, over this spot on his instep because it became so painful and it's such a terrible thing Just that part of the fence hit it just yeah. instep. Right. Wow. Yeah, but, it, but for him, it became a lifetime terrible event. Yeah. And so... Uh, that's the that's what we do. Yeah, and that's how we yeah. protect people. But you know, it's good. Um, it it's was a good story, just a, yeah, just a strange thing because uh, the body reacts. To, to these things. Everybody's a little different. That's right. And his body just had this terrible like autoimmune response. I think that's what it is. All right. So I think we're running out of time there, Larry. Oh, all so right. So I think it's about time to wrap it up because yeah. we've had so much t- fun with Ava. Yeah. So we're going to say our goodbyes till next Saturday. And we yes. want to thank you, Ava, for coming in and sharing your Saturday morning with us.
0: Thank you so much for having me.
1: Hey, you are so welcome. It was a pleasure and very informative. Yeah, um, and if we want to contact Ava... How would we contact you? Other attorneys or other people who want to use your services?
0: Yeah, sure. My company is called Um, uh, and that's the name of the website, medlegalsource.com.
1: Medlegalsource.com. Okay. All right. Go on the internet. Yeah, and you'll find so, Ava. So listen, if you've if missed you, any part of this show or you'd like to hear our previous shows on YouTube... Or go to YouTube, brothersonlaw.com, or you can listen to us on iTunes and Podbean. We want to thank you for listening. And if you have a legal question or a show topic, we'd love to hear from you. Message us on Instagram or Facebook at Brothers on Law. If you have a legal matter that you need representation for, call us for a free consultation at 1-800-310-7113. What is that number, Rob? 800-310-7113 and tell us that you heard us on Go Country 105. And we look forward to being here next week on Saturday at 8 a.m. on Go Country 105. And remember, let the scales of justice tip in your favor.
0: The opinions expressed in the Brothers on Law show are for informational purposes only and are not a substitute for personal professional legal advice.